Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel, a channel focused on helping you establish a biblical philosophy of life that will empower you to reach your full God-given potential. For more information about our church, visit elevate.life. Enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the episode six of the podcast that we are doing in the Warrior Suite with Pastor Josh. I'm Pastor Mitchell. We've been talking about the philosophy of life and broke down a lot of things, a lot of content, a lot of handles. Um, last few episodes, we did a think, be, do, or yeah. our thoughts, our attitudes, and our actions. I kept saying actions, so I, it was I good. You, that one. Cr- Thought, you changed it. Attitude. I was thinking about what I was going to say, <laughs> thought, attitudes, and yeah. actions, and uh, and how they the, all of those affect the things that we have in life. And just kind of starting with the basics, if we go with our core values, if we establish core values, it'll help determine our thoughts, yeah. which then determine our attitudes. Yeah. And if you're and just actions. listening to this, this is like a really great, um, I don't know. Foundational? It's like a foundational thing for some things we're going to talk about, like in the kind of in the second season. Yeah, and uh, go back to the beginning and just walk through it. It's more conversational, but um, it's just really like how to you know we should all have a philosophy of life. One of the things for our church, and we've said it a few times throughout this past couple episodes, but you know we believe that God wants us to have a biblical philosophy of life that helps us to reach our God-given potential. Yeah, and philosophy of life might sound scary, but philosophy of life is really all about we just deciding how to live. God wants us to live a great life. Yeah. And the decisions that we make every day determine the kind of life that we live. Yeah. And that's, that's what I've loved about even this topic that we've, we've been discussing, even the, the time that me and you've had in this room. It's like, oh man, I'm, I'm discovering newer things, the things I need to adjust or change myself. And so this has kind of been my own therapy of like, oh, I need to rethink about that. Yeah. But you, uh, we're going to talk about the... Yeah, I think for all of us, like we're not, I mean, no one's got like this really perfect like approach to life and you're always thinking about, yeah. We talked about, I think a couple episodes ago where we've arrived, that we're... Yeah, I'm here now. Oh, we've done it. I am now the master of my fate. Like (laughs) now, like you're always going to have to be working on that. Yeah. Uh, But today we are going to be finishing up the, this season talking and tackling the biggest question of the world. I think every person in the world has or will ask this question, which is, what is the meaning it's the of meaning life? the meaning of life. That's, That's a, a big... That, that, you go ahead and say it, because it's, yeah. it's a big time. It's a big... <laughs> we've asked that question since humans have been a thing. Yeah, so what is the meaning of life? That's like, a, what? You have the answer, right? Dude, never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think... Well, the first question I would start with is, you know, if, if, you know, as you're listening to this, like, what do you want out of life? Mm. So if you thought, okay, not like, what do I want out of life the next five years, 10 years, whatever, what do I want out of my whole life? Like at the end of my life, uh, what is the grand goal of living? Yeah. Um, you know, like a good job, money, success, a nice car. Yeah. I mean, be really unfortunate if you said the goal of your life is to have a nice car, but like a good spouse influence, you know, we talked about happiness. That's a lot of people. They they would answer like that way. They would say, what I want out of life is I want to be happy Mm. or I want to have a caring spouse or I want to have influence or whatever. And, um, we really think that, you know, accomplishing those things is going to give us some kind of grander sense of purpose. Yeah. And I think that's a hard question to answer. You know, so I'm talking so you guys can think through it and answer it. 
Like, what do you want out of life? Because yeah. we can think minute by minute or year by year or even decade by decade. You can say, okay, I'm, I'm in my 30s, right? We both are. Yeah. So, okay, what do I want to have accomplished in my 30s? But by the end of my life, like when I'm old and like laying on my deathbed, hopefully I don't die like that. But if I was, what would I want to have accomplished? Yeah. What do I want my life to be like? Yeah. And um, out of all of the things that, so another way to ask this question is out of all of the things that you could seek out and pursue, what would be most valuable? Mm. And, and that's like a really deep kind of question to consider. No, I mean, it's in the um, life philosophy. It's philosophical. But, but, then you think about what gets most of your time. So people like there's a um, um, there's a book that was written that I I read um, uh, called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying by a hospice nurse named Bonnie Ware. Oh my and gosh. she identified five common regrets of people that were were on their deathbed. Number wow. one was the wish for the courage to live a life true to themselves, not the not not a life based in the expectations of others. Mm. Uh, the second one was the wish that they hadn't worked so hard. Every male patient, like she said this in the book, every male patient she encountered uh, felt they missed their children's youth and their spouse's companionship. Wow. The third thing is the wish that they would have had the courage to express their feelings. The fourth thing is the wish that they had stayed in touch with their friends. The fifth thing is the wish that they had realized that happiness was a choice. So like wow. we talked about happiness during Dang. core values, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so out of all of the, you know, a lot of people don't realize that out of all of the living that they could do, out of all of the things, like all the striving, all the work, like we're all going to work, we're all going to spend a lot of time like pursuing all these different kind of things. Out of all those things, most of us don't consider that we could actually like mislive. Mm. Like most people don't live life and go, oh, I could, I could actually live a bad life. Yeah. Like I could, I could get to the end of my life and go, man, like my existence was relatively meaningless. Mm. Um, because we all, I mean, we've all heard these like regrets of the dying and stuff, but like how many of us, um, go, man, like if I just could make more money, yeah, you know, if I could just have more influence and we spend all of our time just consumed with that. Yeah. Uh, and we say that's what we want out of life. And then we get all of that or we hear stories of people that get all that and go, man, like, that's not really what it was all about. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a there's a real like likelihood. I wouldn't say it's like super high. Maybe it is. But there is a likelihood that we could live lives that are unfulfilling and meaningless. Yeah. Like we're not just guaranteed to automatically have a meaningful life, yeah. meaningful existence, a life that feels fulfilled. There's a lot of people that get to the end of their life. And unfortunately, I know this is like a serious topic, but for real, I mean, there's a lot of people that end their life early because they feel like my life is unfulfilled and meaningless. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we, we call our, a lot of us call ourselves Christians and we follow Jesus. And then we, we go, okay, well, maybe if I achieve culture's, culture's definition of happiness, right? then I'll like finally feel like I, my life is meaningful and my life is purposeful. And we talked about this a few episodes ago, but how many of us see people with fame and fortune and influence that seem like their lives are completely empty? Yeah. Well, you that's know? where I, I, you hear those stories, you hear about those, those people that a, attained whatever blank, you insert whatever you want in there. 
attain, uh, achieved the pinnacle of whatever that is. Yeah. Let's say that that's there. But what you'll see at the end of it is most of the time they sacrificed their family. The things that mattered most, Mo- right? Multiple families at times. Yeah. Maybe they sacrificed um, all their relationships. Yeah. Maybe they had no life outside of work or blank. And it's like, man, do, yeah. is that really what yeah. you want your life to be? Yeah. And we've mentioned this before, like at the church, but like it's, you know, and, and there's this study called the Harvard Study for Adult Development. It's one of the longest studies ever done on adult life. Mm. And it started in 1938 and it still goes, it's still going on today. Wow. So <laughs> it started with 268 sophomores at Harvard and there's over 1300 of these men's kids and offspring and generations now. The, the study shows that the number one, the greatest predictor of a good life is the quality of our relationships. Wow. Right? The key to physical, mental, and emotional health is relationships. Wow. So what we should then, based on the research, based on the five regrets of the dying, I mean, all of this, what we should want the most is meaningful relationships. Yeah. Right? Now, that's like the answer to the question, right? (laughs) But... Uh, how many of us live our lives and prioritize our focus as if relationships are the most important thing? Right. I mean, like what gets most of our time? Like not our, you know, all the men, all the men in this, in this study were like, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. Yeah. Right. Like I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have spent more time with my spouse. And then like we do the same things that all these other people have done. Yeah. And like these five regrets of the dying. So what do you want out of life? You know, it's like, I want to have, uh, if, if you ask me the question, you know, um, what do you want out of life? Pastor Josh, I'll ask you the question. (laughs) (laughs) I want, I want a meaningful life. Like I want my life to have meaning and I want to, I want to like fulfill my purpose. Right. Yeah. Um, so then that, so then we lead to, so like, okay, I want my life to be meaningful, which I think all of us would say. Like, what yeah. do I want out of life? Sure, I want my life to be meaningful. So then kind of in a circle, now we're back to like, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. <laughs> um, how, will, how will I measure my life, mm. right, is another way to say that same thing. Okay. Now, according to data, according to research, the number one way we should measure our life is by the quality of our relationships. Okay. Okay. Um, now, most of us honestly don't do that, but, but like, think of it, think of it this way. So one day we're all going to die. Everybody that's on this planet's going to die. It's like right. the number one, most common human experience is death. Mm. Every human that's ever lived has died. As far as we know, Jesus rose again. Yes. Right? Except for him. He, he, right. Yeah. So at the end of your life, what will you think of your life? Right. Yeah. So if you could write your own eulogy right now. What would you say about yourself? Wow. I mean, that's like a deep thought. That's, it's, a, it's a pretty deep thought. It's pretty, but it could be also kind of daunting of like, oh, Like if man. you imagine the day of your funeral, your best friend gets up to deliver your eulogy. What do you want them to say about you? Mm. And what do you want the people around you to feel and think after you're gone? Yeah. And I mean, it takes a lot of time to, to think through that. So, but it's important for us to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's important for us to do that as an exercise right now, but the grand goal of living, like what do I ultimately want out of life? That's the thing that I should, that I should kind of, I should start with and assess. Yeah. So 
what do I want out of life? Like if I'm just going to answer the question, but I would encourage you to like pause this and just think through that. Like ultimately what, what do you want out of life? Yeah. Um, most of us will kind of land at this place that I just mentioned. And that's, I want my life to be meaningful. Yeah. And I want my life to mean something to me. Like I want my existence to be meaningful, but I don't just want my existence to be meaningful to me. I want it to be meaningful to other people. Yeah. So then how will I measure my life? That was the two questions. So how will I measure my life? Uh, really ultimately is the impact I made on the lives of those closest to me. Wow. Like what's my legacy with my kids? I mean, we know this, right? So how will I measure my life? What do I want out of life? Those are mm. the two questions that we can answer like right now. Socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living. Like what if you could examine the end of your life before you got there? Wow. Most people don't think about this until they're dying. Right. But if you could say right now at your age or wherever you're at when you're listening to this, what do I want the end of my life to look like? If I could examine my whole life from now, from wherever I'm at right now, all the way to the end, what do I want out of my life and how will I measure my life? So mm -hmm. for me, my answers to that, that might be similar to most people's answers, okay, yeah. are what do I want out of life? I want to have a meaningful existence to myself and other people. Yeah. And then how will I measure my life? The quality of the impact that I made in the lives of those closest to me. So that leads me to the third question. Like, what's the meaning of my life, right? How, mm. how can my life mean something? How can my life be meaningful? Because that's ultimately what I want. Yeah. In order for me to make an impact on people closest to me, I have to have a meaningful existence. Yeah. Um, so on and so forth. So every religion, philosophy, and everything else that exists kind of exists to try to formulate the answer to this question, right? Okay. When... Because you didn't grow up in our church. I mean, you've been here for a long time. You basically became an adult here. But yeah. like when you were in, in church growing up, was there like ever these conversations like, hey, man, what's your calling? What do you feel like your calling is? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Uh, people would kind of talk about that at, at a uh, small level of like not really a calling. It's just more of I kept hearing like, you know, what do you feel like you're meant to do mm -hmm. or stuff like that. I, I didn't, I didn't hear the really, t the term calling until yeah. I kind of got more in this environment, but yeah, it was, it was not, not really. I didn't hear it a lot. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was just more like, Oh, what do you feel like you're meant to do? Yeah. Follow so like heart. I think about stuff like that and I go like, well, I used to hear like grow up at church camp, like, who is your calling? What do you feel called to do? I don't know. I'm seven. Yeah. Yeah. What is there for me to do actually? Cause I don't really know that much about the world right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, or like you think about like from a overall human existence level, every, like I said, religion and philosophy and all this stuff kind of exists to answer these questions. But then mm. so if that was true and all these religions and everything else had answered these questions, why do so many people live meaningless lives? Yeah. Like, why do we still sit here and go, oh, like, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. Like, what's the purpose of life? You know, and the Bible's always been the Bible. Right. So like if we read that, I mean, you think that at some point someone would, would say, yeah, like that, this the, is the, here's, this here's is it is. is like, it... this is the, you know, this is the one, this is the one verse. Yeah. And then I would hear like when I was growing up about, oh, what's your calling? 
you know, what do you feel like God's called you to do? As if that was like really obvious. Yeah. Like, like it, like when I was born, my mom got two things from the doctor. She got a birth certificate and she also got a list of things that I'm called to do. Yeah. So make sure you show this to them when he's able to read. Exactly. Uh, because be awesome. this is his calling. I mean, wow. that would be beautiful. Yes. Right. And then I would, you know, be in all these environments where it's like, oh, you got to find your gifting. Right. So like, which one? Right. Because there's like this progressively confusing conversation. Yeah, so yes. like people talk about spiritual gifts. It's like, well, there's nine spiritual gifts in First Corinthians 12. There's seven in Romans 12 or they're both. Or what about the five gifts from Ephesians 4 where it's like pastor, prophet, apostle, teacher, evangelist? Yeah. Uh, what about the multiple gifts listed later in First Corinthians 12? Like, should, should I, all of those is like my gift, is my, uh, my future to operate in some gifting? Do I just get to choose it? Yeah, do like, I choose? Is this like the which witch? Like I get to yeah. choose what's on my sandwich today or? Back to like my eighth grade reading level, yeah. okay, that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. Not liking Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, I have a hard enough time doing things that I understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I get you, man. I right? get you. So how can I figure out something as vague as like my calling and yeah. my purpose and meaning? And I'm sure like people are way more spiritual than me or listening. It's going, oh, no, this is like the you got to do this. And then you this and then this like formula over here and you carry the one. Yeah. And then you know what X is. Yeah. Right. It's there like it is. Why is, it's not that hard, dude. Yeah, it's not just, that hard. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just meaning life. Live meaning. It's only your purpose. That's all. Yeah. Your calling. It's like I've taken. 57,000 personality tests. Like, which Disney princess are you? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know? The wrong one is what you are. I don't know. You I'm didn't like, take uh, the right one. yeah. <laughs> I'm whichever one doesn't exist yet. I don't know. You know, I'm the next one. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's trying to find meaning seems like this, like, really una unachievable thing. Yeah. So, like, as much as I'm sitting here saying this is really confusing, the Bible doesn't make it confusing at all. Okay. So even Good. though all these religions exist, even though there's all these ph philosophical things, we can think that this is such a complex question, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh my gosh, like what's the meaning of life? Like, how do I figure it out? What do I want out of life? Yeah. What's the purpose of my life? You know, how do I make an impact? And like, it feels like so just over the top. And I also feel like I could just really miss it. Like, I feel like, man, I could just really miss the meaning of my life. And then yeah. Josh just said that I'm going to mislive and I don't want to mislive. I don't want to live a bad life. I mean, I want to have core values and think, be, do, and I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna do like, it all. yeah, I can't, I can't make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse two, I've said it a few times throughout this season of the podcast. Paul says this in Romans 12 too. He says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And mm -hmm. so as much as we have seemingly for thousands and thousands of years tried to figure out the meaning and purpose of life, there has always been and will always be a group of people that has it figured out. Mm. And Paul had it figured out right here. And so when I, my, I'm going to read this portion of scripture in reverse. Okay. And when I did this for the first time in my own kind of like study, it really did change my perspective on myself. Okay. So, so Romans 12, two in reverse edition, All remix right. edition, All right. chopped and screwed. It says God's will for your life is good and pleasing and perfect. The way to know his will for your life is to transform into a new person by changing the way that you think. The behavior and customs of this world will not teach you to do this. So this like sounds really simplistic, right? Like, right. 
okay, I got that. You just did the Bible verse in reverse, but I understood it the, the first way around too. So God created me as one of one, the meaning of my life. It's like really simple and you can miss it because it's so simple. The meaning of my life is for me to be the best me that I can possibly be. Allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. That's God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Like I have to allow God to change my thinking. And that sounds like, okay, well, like, yeah, I got that. I'm just going to do that now. It's like, <laughs> but hang on. Because the last part, if I read it in reverse, and the first part, if I read it forward, is don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. The world yeah. is not going to teach you how to live out your meaning and purpose. But most of us, we come to church, we're like a Christian, we follow Jesus, right? but then all of our pursuit and all of our patterns of life and all of our, if I say, what do I want out of life? It's like money and happiness and purpose and the same thing. Like what people do is they think, oh, cause I got this deal with Jesus now, mm. I'm automatically gonna live the right way. Yeah. The truth is for most Christians, like it just becomes a belief system, not a way of life. Mm. There's a difference between believing in Jesus and living like Jesus. And so Romans 12 says, don't do what the world does. Don't look at your life the same way that everyone else does. Yeah. And in the world that we live in and in the country that we unfortunately happen to live in, people look at America, uh, like people look at it in America, look at Christianity like it's a box to check on a demographic form. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I just believe this. Yeah. I just believe in Jesus. Yeah. So I believe in Jesus and then everything else is going to get figured out for me. And that's not true. Mm. The Bible says, allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. There's an, there's an activity there wow. for us. Like I have to th change my thinking. I have to allow my thought patterns to be changed. So we just talked about think, be, and do and doing right. that according to God's world and all of that. So most people, Christian or not, are pursuing the same things as everyone else and are achieving the same results. Mm -hmm. So even in Christianity, right, you got pastors that really want a platform. They're pursuing influence. They're basically social media influence, influencers within the church. They're, and that's what they're pursuing. There's nothing wrong with having a following. There's nothing wrong with that. But no. when that becomes the purpose of your life right. is to create a following yep. or the purpose of your life is to go make more money or the purpose of your life is to go be successful, of course you're going to find yourself like fulfilled and yeah. confused. Mm. Because what do I want out of life? The way that people answer that question is influence. The way that we answer the question, what do I want out of life, is what we give our time to. Yeah. So if I say, what do I want out of life? And I say, well, I want to have a close relationship with my family. But then my only focus is more influence. Yeah. That's, I don't really want to have a close relationship with my family because exactly. of my actions are kind of betraying what's truly in my heart. Yeah. So we think that our meaning is found in a gifting, a personality profile, or something else. Mm -hmm. So like we go, okay, the meaning of my life is for me to uh, f figure out like this. Like I have to figure out. So like even, even asking the question, I'll say it this way, even asking the question, what's the meaning of my life? Mm. Um, means like, it's like we have to go find it. Yeah. Like, it's like, I have to go discover it somewhere. And eventually someone's going to tell me yeah. if I do enough searching, like Indiana Jones, I'll like find this 
hidden temple, right? Yeah. And I'll figure it out. If I just, if I just can, can do enough work, I'll find the meaning of my life. And so we, we, we look at, we look at life that way. And like, we're like, what is it? What's God's will for my life? What's the, like, God, I want it. Please tell me. Yeah. Like that's, that's how I felt a lot is like, what do you, God, what do you want out of me? What do you want me to do? And please tell me, like, please help me find my meaning and find my purpose. Right. So, um, back to Viktor Frankl. Here's what Viktor Frankl said. And he said it better than I could have said it. In Man's Search for Meaning, he said, we need to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead to think of ourselves as those who are being questioned by life daily and hourly. Our answer must consist not in talk and meditation, but in right action and in right conduct. Life ultimately means taking the responsibility to find the right answer to its problems and to fulfill the tasks which it constantly sets for each individual. Mm. Questions about the meaning of life can never be answered by sweeping statements. Life does not mean something vague, but something very real and concrete, just as life's tasks are also very real and concrete. They form a man's destiny, which is different and unique for each individual. No man and no destiny can be compared with any other man or any other destiny. No situation repeats itself, and each situation calls for a different response. What is, what is, he, what is he saying there? He's saying that the meaning of your life, and this is back to all the stuff we've been talking about in this yeah. season, the meaning of your life is not, like what is the meaning of my life is not a question that we ask. And we think in our minds that this is a question that we ask. What is the meaning of my life is not a question that I ask, it's a question I answer. Mm. And when you start to think about it that way, that's when your thinking begins to really matter. Wow. Right? That's when your attitude really matters. And that's when your actions matter. Because what Viktor Frankl here says here, right, is life's tasks are real and concrete. They form a man's destiny. So if you want to know what the meaning of your life is, it's going to be the result of whatever it is that you and I decide. Mm. Whatever it is that we decide. Mm. That's what my life is going to mean. To who? To everybody around me. Because God's like, if I want to say, what's God's meaning? What's the meaning of my life with God? The meaning of your life with God, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be the best you that you can possibly be. Mm. That's pretty much all scripture has to say about it. Right. right. That's as clear as God gets with us. Be the best you that only you can be. Now, the best you and I that only we can be, that's a result of our decisions. That's a result of our philosophy of life. That's a result of our core values. Right. That's a result of all of our think, being, do. Right. It's going to equal what we have. So if I want meaning... My thoughts have to be meaningful. Yeah. Right? I want to have meaning. If I want to, so I'll go back this way. Think, be, do. Think plus be plus do equals have. If I want to have meaning, if I want to have a meaningful life, I have right. to do meaningful things. There it is. If I want to do mean, meaningful things, I have, to, I have to be meaningful in my attitude. My attitudes have to be meaningful. Yeah. And if I want to have meaningful attitudes, I got to think meaningful thoughts. And I got to think in my mind. So my perspective on life has to be my life is meaningful to people. Yeah. Like if I have kids, the meaning of my life is to mean something to my kids as a dad. Yeah. Right. What's more powerful than that? Than what I mean to like Charlie and Harper as a dad. Or if I have a wife, like I have Courtney, what does my life mean to Courtney? Mm. That's me living out meaning. Like the kind of relationship that we have and the kind of marriage that we have, that's me living out my meaning and purpose every day. Yeah. 
is like, I'm, I'm meaningful to my wife. I'm meaningful to my family, the people I'm friends with. What does my life mean to them? Yeah. And what am I going to make it mean to them? So like, why do core values matter? Because your core values, when you live by them, you mean those things to the people that you're in relationship with. Yeah. So what does my life mean? What's the meaning of my life? The meaning of my life is honor. Mm. It's one of my core values, right? My life is going to be honoring. My life is going to mean honor. The meaning of my life is humility. I'm going to walk in humility. So think, mm. be, do. I'm going to think, be, and do humility. The meaning of my life is excellence. Right. The meaning of my life is generosity. That's what my life is going to mean to people around me. That's what my life is going to mean when I'm dead. That hopefully, like if I could go back and say, hey, I'm going to write my eulogy. Yeah. Right. Hopefully people go, man, Josh was a man of honor. Josh walked in humility. He tried to be like Jesus. Josh was a person of excellence and Josh practiced generosity. Yeah. There's a lot of other things that people could say. But if I could say, what is my life going to mean? Like, what is the meaning of life? The meaning of life is what you decide for your life to mean. Yeah. And that's a, that's a question. And I'll say it again because I said it a minute ago, but you might have missed it. The question, what is the meaning of life, is not a question you get to ask. Mm. It's a question you get to answer yeah. every day with the decisions that you make. That's what Viktor Frankl said. That's really what I feel like scripture supports. Now, does the Bible specifically say that? No. But what was meaningful about Jesus's life? The thing that was meaningful about Jesus's life is what he decided that his life meant. Mm. What his life meant that he was the atonement for sin. Right. He was the one who gave us grace. He, and he said that. Like he said that, God said that too, but Jesus said, I am this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right. Like I am, I am all of these different things. So if that's the model, then Jesus wants us to be the same way that when we walk into, you know, you said this yes, or last time about uh, the actions. Yeah. So like, what do I do when I'm like the only one that brings something to a situation? Yeah. Well, you know, that's what you mean. Yeah. In the situation, right? Like what I mean is this, what I, like if I bring encouragement, what I mean to that person is I bring it as I'm an encourager. Yeah. If I bring forgiveness, then I mean like my, the meaning of my life in that moment is forgiveness because purpose, purpose isn't discovered. Purpose is created. Wow. Right. So like a knife has a specific purpose. Yeah. If, if there wasn't a, if, if in the world, right there was nothing that needed a knife, knives wouldn't exist. Because mm. it would be purposeless. Like, they would be ir- silly yeah. for knives to exist and for us to never have a use for a knife. Yeah. Now, the purpose of the knife necessitates its existence. So a knife doesn't, like, one day wake up and go, man, like, I figured it out. I'm not a spoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been trying to do this soup thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like... I'm supposed to cut stuff. Yeah. You know, I've been trying to do this soup thing and I'm jacking up people's mouths and you can't get any liquid on there and it's just a mess. Yeah. It's like, this is crazy. A knife doesn't go discover its purpose. A knife just has one, therefore it exists. Yeah. So, so in our, in our life, the knife in our like existence as human beings, a knife plays its role. Yeah. And by playing its role, a knife fulfills its purpose. Mm. But there's, there's differences between uh, human beings and knives, obviously. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But that's where it's like, it can, it can seem so simple, but yet it is still so profound that it, it's not just about asking a question and trying to think that life will answer that for us, but it's up to us to go out 
and decide by establishing these core values, these things that we really want. And I even asked, I think I asked it in the core values, like people, they may sit down, they, they may say, I, I value these things, but everything that you're doing, everything that you're focusing on isn't actually revolving around those core values. And I think that's where going back to your, your talk about the, the eulogies and things it's like, well, he, he said he loved his family, but he actually loved work more. Yeah. Or he spent most of his time blank. Yeah. Uh, or well, she did yeah. this. Because that's what you decided that your life meant. Yeah. So like when it, when it, to me, you know, I had a dad who wasn't like a workaholic. So mm-hmm. he decided that his life, the purpose of his life was not to just feed our family. Yeah. So most guys, most men, they think they're a good dad or they think they're a good man because they just provide for their family. Right. And that's what they decide that their purpose is. Like that's what they decide that their meaning is. One of the differences between like humans and knives <laughs> is uh, that we get to decide the role that we play. Yeah. We're like a spork, I guess. Yeah, multi multifunctional. <laughs> like a leatherman. Swiss Army knife. We're like a leatherman, yeah, yeah. like a Swiss Army <laughs> knife. So we're similar in that without meaning and purpose, we wouldn't exist. Right. But we're different in that uh, we have to decide the role that we play. So like most people, they spend their life like, you know, again, back to the kind of questions like, um, what do you want out of life? Or, mm. you know, what's the meaning of your life? All of that. Most people decide that the meaning of their life, the, you know, men, especially on one hand, like the, the meaning of my life is to be a provider. Yeah. That's it. Uh, uh, you know, for, I, I can't say for women, but I've seen a lot like, Oh, it's like the meaning of my life is to be a caretaker yeah. just to take care of my kids. Like you mean so much more than that. If you decide yeah. that you mean more than that. Right. And that's, and that's the, that's the, the ultimate kind of goal that I think God has with us is that we would learn enough about how he's created us, that we would value enough things in the right way so that our lives can be more meaningful than just what culture says your life means. Cause if yeah. I take, my cues from culture and I say, okay, like what does my life mean as a, as a, uh, like, let's say as a man, cause I'm a man, then it's like, well, you know, you're a misogynist and you're like a patriarch and you're, you know, whatever, depending on what room I'm in, I may or may not be valued by that room. But right. if I decide, like, I don't let culture decide for me mm-hmm. what's, what my life means. If I decide here's my values and I'm going to live these out, then my life will be meaningful to the, to the people in my life that I want it to be meaningful to. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, this is like my last analogy. So like, imagine that, you know, you're working at a airline counter and I come up to you. I'm like, Hey man, um, I want to, how do I get from Hawaii to, how do I get from Texas to Hawaii? Yeah. And you like work at the airport. You're like at the desk and you're like, man, I don't know. Like, how, how do you get from Texas to Hawaii? <laughs> Are you so asking now, me? So now I'm asking you. I'm yeah. asking, like, how do you... Are you asking me, dude? Like, yeah. you work here? Like, you can look in your little computer and tell me. No, man, no. But what if you really don't know the answer? Yeah. And like, you're like, oh, like, I've never heard of that. I've never yeah. heard of such a trip before. Yeah. It would seem like getting from Texas to Hawaii is, like, completely impossible. Mm. It's like, I don't know. We're in Texas right now. Like, what if you didn't know that boats existed and like planes were a thing? You'd be like, well, never. You can't. You just yeah. can't. You can't do it. Sorry. You know, yeah. um, that is what it is. So like imagine like if you continue that kind of analogy, like let's say that we both kind of work for the airline 
and we've got a customer standing in front of us and they, they want to go somewhere and like, they're like, Hey, how do we get there? We're like, oh, we don't know. We've never been there for ourselves. We don't even, so this is how most people live. Right. Mm. And the reason why I'm using that analogy is because things like core values, your, your think being do are like these vehicles by which you get to meaning. Mm. So let's say meaning is Hawaii and right. we're in Texas right now. Yeah. Like the plane that I take is my core values. Yeah. The boat that I take is like my think be do, you know, whatever. Like, so if I don't know those things exist, of course, I'm never going to arrive at meaning and I'm never going to help anybody else either because the world needs us to help them discover meaning and purpose. Wow. But if I don't know that planes exist, if I don't know that cars exist, if I don't know that boats exist, then I could never, I could never get there for myself and I can't take you to a place I've never been. Yeah. You know, it's definitely uncharted territory for both of us. So when I decide Man. to learn about the things that God has to teach me, when I decide to have a philosophy of life that's rooted and grounded in what scripture says, then what I do is I go, man, like, dude, it's not that hard to get from Texas to Hawaii. Yeah. It's an eight hour plane trip. You buy this ticket, you fly there, you'll be there. Which island do you want to go to? Yeah. Because there's planes that go to these other islands too. Yeah. Or you can take a boat or whatever. And all of a sudden, all the possibilities open up because of what I know about how to get there. So how do I get to like, yes, what is the meaning of life is a question that we get to answer. Mm -hmm. How we arrive at the place of meaning and purpose comes down to the values that we decide to live by, like the virtues that we have. What it comes down to is how well we're able to control what we can control, like our thoughts, attitudes, and actions. And when we do that, we create a, we kind of blaze a trail that other people turn into a highway behind us that like I get to like personally, okay? So like now this is like my personal life. So because Pastor Keith was my dad and he's also like the trailblazer for me as a person, I mean, he's a trailblazer for this church, but also he's been like the sensei for me. Yeah. You know, he still is. Um, he's lived out a whole bunch of meaning and purpose. He's had these core values. He's had these think be do's in his life. Like I don't, I'm not confused in my thirties and I wasn't confused in my twenties about what my life meant. Mm. So I've lived out meaning and purpose every day because I've had someone in front of me who's like, hey, you can get from Texas to Hawaii. You take this plane. Yeah. You know, you can get from here to meaning and purpose. You decide to have core values. You decide what matters most. You can get from here to meaning and purpose. You decide to be intentional about your think be do. Yeah. And so how, how I uh, answer those questions will determine how I live my life. Like, how do I want to measure my life, right? Which ultimately, if we believe in the data and if we believe in what scripture says, <laughs> it's the quality of relationships, Yeah. right? You know, I'm giving you the answers to the test, but yeah. it's still a hard test to pass. It's yeah. an open book test, but it's still difficult. <laughs> uh, what do I want out of life? I want to make an impact. I want to have a meaningful life. And then what's the meaning of, what's the meaning of our life? That's, that's something that we get to decide based on, and I'll like... We'll land the plane here in Hawaii, taking a, <laughs> taking a long trip through the season of this podcast. <clears throat> What's the meaning of my life? That's based on my fingerprint. Mm. And we teach on fingerprint here and we'll, we'll spend some time on that continuing through this podcast. And, and we talk about it all the time in our church, right? That each one of us has a fingerprint that no one else has leave an imprint that nobody else can leave. Like yeah. we have a, 99% of our DNA is the same. 1% of our DNA is different than everyone else's around us. 
And we're not going to get into all of that on this podcast because you can buy Pastor Keith's book. You can come to our church and figure out we'll link a lot it, of things that way with you that. Can, you can have that resource yeah. as well. But like the power of my fingerprint is my life is going to mean something. You know, me and you are friends. You've got other friends too. Yeah. As a friend, my life means something different to you personally mm. than it does than someone else's life means. That doesn't mean that those other friends that you have are less or more meaningful to you than me. Mm. But... But if I was not in your life or me and you weren't in relationship anymore, there would be kind of a, a Josh size hole in your life because my life wouldn't mean anything to you anymore. Right. So the power of our fingerprint ties in with our core values, ties in with everything else to help our lives be meaningful mm. to people around us. Because what we have to know is that we're one of one, right? And we're the only us that we can be. Yeah. And there's not going to be another Mitchell Choppa. There's not going to be another, another Josh Kraft. And uh, for me to understand that, then what I can do is in every room I'm in, in every relationship I'm in, what I begin to do is I create meaning and I add meaning to all of those different rooms because mm -hmm. I know what I bring. This is back to what Pastor Keith has taught me since I was a little kid. And a lot of us have heard this. But you're either a thermometer or a thermostat. Right. Right. A thermometer right. passively reads the temperature and just reacts. We talked about reaction. Yep. A thermostat says this is what the temperature is going to be in the room. Mm. When I know what my values are, then there's no room that could tell me what I mean to that room. I'm yeah. the one that gets to decide that. When I know and I'm intentional about my perspectives, when I'm intentional about how I think, then there's nobody that can tell me how to think. Yeah. Or there's nobody that can tell me what to think. People can teach me how to think and we should all learn how to think better. Right. But there's no right. one that can tell me what to think because I know I'm in control of what I'm going to think. Man. There's not a situation that could be negative enough for me to go negative in my thinking, so on and so forth. When I decide in advance what my thinking is, then what I do is I go, okay, then because of my thinking, right. there's no situation that can emotionally control me. Because my life needs to be there. My kids can't control me. My kids can't put me in a position where I'm like, you're making me mistreat you. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, my kids are going to be the beneficiary of no matter how they act. My kids can be the beneficiary of my positive attitude because my positive attitude mm. creates meaning in their life that that's what I bring. And then ultimately, every action that I take is meaningful. Yeah. It's intentional. It's not by default. It's by design and I live out a life that's meaningful where one day when I'm on my deathbed and I go to heaven, people go, wow, like Josh's life meant a lot to me mm. because he lived by design and not by default. And that's what we've been talking about this whole season. Yeah. And the reason why, you know, we wanted to end with the meaning of life, because why is all of this so important about having a philosophy of life? Because it is the only way for us to have a meaningful existence. Which I, that's what I was going to say is that this is, this is the perfect one to end everything of uh, just this season, not everything. Like, oh, right, we're done. <laughs> it's over now. We're done. We're done. <laughs> we're just finishing the whole thing. No, just this season is, is that specifically is like, it, it sums up everything that uh, I know Simon Sinek talks about, um, you know, start with why yeah. and like the purpose of the why have the why uh, this, this podcast is the why for literally everything else, the five episodes beforehand, this is the why. Yeah. This is why we need to do it. And so I think again, uh, just for for like home exercise purposes, 
the three questions again that you kind of started off with, what were they? Yeah, fundamentally, the first one is, uh, what do you want out of life? What do you want out like, of life? What do you personally want? This is your, there's just, not a wrong answer. Just you decide. Take some time, answer that. Right? The second question was how, how. How will you measure your life? How you measure life. At the end of your life, how will you measure uh, your life? Just period. Again, no wrong answer to that. You yeah. answer it, right? And the third question is, what is the meaning of your life? Mm. And you get to answer that question, not ask that question. So go ahead and answer it. Yeah. I think take some time um, wherever, if you're listening to this or watching this, just take some time, this, whatever, however long it takes, just take some time to really think about that. And then since you already know about your core values, you already kind of looked at that, uh, break it down from there. Like, are all, do those three questions, um, do the, the way I answer them, does that correlate with my core values? Do I need to shift some core values? Do I need to kind of shift the way that I'm kind of gauging my thinking to affect my actions that will, are, uh, I did it again, to affect my <laughs> attitudes that will ultimately affect my actions. Like how do I need to adjust my core values to correlate with this major why? And I think that will ultimately, again, help us reach uh, the mastery goal, that, that God-given potential that we have because we're supposed to answer the question, not ask it. Yeah. So I love that. Anything else, Pastor Josh? No, don't miss season two. This is season uh, one, man. Dang. We're gonna be we're oh, gonna be spinning shoot. it back here soon and getting yeah. season two going. And this is gonna be. I hope I hope that we get to do this a lot, man. I think this is yeah. gonna be fun doing a podcast like this. And like I said at the beginning, we have a lot of really great teaching that we're gonna continue to post. But this is the only place that you're really gonna be able to get this information, unless yeah. you watch it on YouTube. Hey, yeah. Whatever. But <laughs> the main thing is, it's not just content. It really, truly is supposed to be handles and stuff that's gonna be applicable in your life and things that you can already start putting into practice because I know that those things, even core values has affected my life in a greater way. Um, and I know that that can do the same for you. And just even answering these questions, I think will also be a great yeah. directional path for them. So thank you again for just tuning in. Thanks for joining us on the journey. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus on my journey. <laughs> Jesus on the narrow way. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, yeah, come back for a season two later on. And uh, we'll see you back there then. Love you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of our latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. That way, you know when a new episode has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, visit elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.